Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. of us, our kids are in the midst of back-to-school time. We've been preparing by buying the supplies and completing back-to-school shopping, but there's likely something missing from our list, and it might be the most important thing we take care of all year, addressing our child's mental health and well-being. Going back to school can be exciting. It can also be terrifying, particularly for kids who have already experienced bullying, anxiety, stress, depression, or trauma. Students today are grappling with intense experiences, social media, and school shooting drills. If you're feeling a whirlwind of back-to-school stress and anxiety, we have tips on how to help you and your child. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Kim Ludwig, Director of Clinical Operations and a licensed clinical social worker at Research Psychiatric Center. We will be discussing all things back-to-school and mental health. Let's get started. Hi, Kim. Welcome back. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. We are just, you know, full swing back to school time. And um, it's just, it's a busy time. It's a busy time. We're so appreciative to have you on talking about a topic that is so important, and that is mental health and back to school for our kids. So some kids are thrilled to be going back to school, but this is not the case for everybody. What can the start of school look like for children who already struggle with mental health? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that it's important to, you know, for any student that feels any kind of prolonged sadness or nervousness about getting back to school to really pay attention to some of the um, signs. Um, some of those signs really are physical symptoms. Um, if you notice mm-hmm. that your child has, you know, developed a new onset of, you know, tummy aches or you know, just any kind of GI concerns, trouble sleeping, any irritability, kind of anything um, that's been reoccurring, that, that that's, you know, resuming again, um, or new issues to pay attention to those um, signs. I think those are signs and symptoms that really can indicate that your child is struggling with the stress um, and the onset of, you know, returning back to school kind of in its normal sense. Um, those stressors, you know, can lead to increased anxiety and depression. And Kim, are you seeing, you know, especially looking at what school has looked like for the last, you know, couple years for some of these kids, they can't even remember a, you know, quote unquote normal Uh school year. Mm -hmm. How does that play into, you know, I feel like for my kids, it's everything's new every Uh like three months. Um, Uh How does that play into what you're seeing? with kids and mental health. Yeah, so they're all they're almost really kind of starting 
over in a sense, meaning, you know, coming back to school full swing, you know, with no masks and full on, you know, in person and, and back to kind of the normal um, sense of being back in school versus, you know, how we were um, during COVID. So that alone could increase, you know, those signs and symptoms of anxiety and depression withdrawal. I think with, you know, the anticipation of really having to actually be active in school and, and be present in school, uh, waking up on time, you know, <laughs> those are things that, you know, are, again, are, you know, kids live in the moment. So, you know, right. two years ago, the last two years, they have forgotten what school really was, um, but really just, you know, um, getting them in the swing of things um, and getting them back to, you know, that, that um, routine and, and that schedule, um, you know, is important um, uh, to decrease any of the stress and anxiety that's built up. Kim, question about, so you were talking about noticing symptoms like um, stomach aches, GI. I know that that's, that's so common. How do you know as a parent how to differentiate nerves and like being nervous? And I'm, you know, this is the start of a new school year. My daughter's mm-hmm. definitely one who the beginning of the school year is just tough. Um, mm-hmm. And she's, you know, she's only going to second grade. So she has not had any normalcy in my, my mm-hmm. opinion yeah, <laughs> with yep. elementary school. Yeah. But it's how, so how is, as far as determining whether you need to seek out professional help for your child, what's that line of, well, she's stomachaches every day, you know, or so do we just hang in there with it or? You know, know, I would really just, yeah, I, I, that's a good question. I would really just start with, you know, having that open dialogue. I think all Mm -hmm. of this goes back to that open, um, conversation with your kids and not avoiding, you know, any of this mental health, you know, these, any of these mental health topics, you know, such as, you know, asking them directly, you know, of, you know, are you, are, are you nervous? Are you scared? Are you worried? Mm -hmm. You know, and developing those questions so they can have that back and forth dialogue. I mean, you know, most kids aren't going to bring up their fears and worries, you know, so really Mm -hmm. kind of asking those direct questions, um, you know, of when, when did these symptoms start, you know, what makes, you know, what are the triggers, what makes them, you know, feel, you know, these, these, um, you know, in these and patterns. Um, so having that ongoing dialogue, not just once, you know, um, once a year or twice a year mm-hmm. at the beginning and the end, but ongoing. So that is, you know, those topics are, you know, is, they're fluid um, and they come a little bit more natural. Kids are going to avoid these topics because, you know, these are not you know, easy things to talk about and no one wants mm-hmm. to admit that they're fearful or worried. Um, but I would really encourage parents to have those ongoing conversations frequently. Yes, that's really good. So if we know that maybe they don't need to seek professional help yet, what are some strategies we can use at home to help them cope with those feelings? Yeah, yeah. Coping skills. I mean, all kids have coping skills. That's, that's just a therapeutic term that's, you know, thrown out there loosely. So really kind of identifying and asking your child, you know, what's worked in the past, you know, what is, mm-hmm. what's, you know, helped them in the past to feel better, you know, when they're feeling this way um, and practicing those skills, um, what things have made um, these symptoms, you know, worsen, um, how can they avoid those, you know, situations or triggers um, and really helping your child identify you know, what their body is feeling and mm-hmm. how to, you know, react and cope with it because they have control over, you know, what's going on um, as far mm-hmm. as how to kind of do some deep breathing or how to, you know, do some grounding techniques, you know, how to cope um, with these feelings in the moment, 
right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can talk about this at the dinner table or in the car going to soccer, but how do they cope with this in the moment in the classroom, I think is important conversations just to have um, frequently. And our house, the more we, you, mm-hmm. our house, we do the uh, five things I mm-hmm. see, four things I hear, hear is yeah. it? Yeah. It's like you go down the... The sensory list the sensory. That, uh-huh. mm-hmm. can help us mm-hmm. when we're in an anxiety mode. Yes. Yeah. Moms, yeah, those are great. Mom yeah. and kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, those are great. Yeah, that's really good. And I think, too, I think that a lot of the symptoms, you know, that can come with anxiety, um, they can feel scary. And I think just helping our kids understand what that is, why that happens, um, that kind of thing, you know, being able to name it and having more. Um, not control, but, you know, a sense of control mm-hmm. knowing, mm-hmm. oh, well, I might, you know, my stomach hurts and maybe that's because of this or, you know, my, I feel like my heart ba- heart rate's going really quickly, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's not as scary of a thing. And like you said, I think just having those ongoing conversations is, is so, so, so important to take away any fear aspect of mental health for mm-hmm. sure. And I think that modeling also is important. You know, parents, we all experience those same, you know, signs and symptoms of anxiety and and stress. You know, those physical symptoms are very real, even for adults. So mm-hmm. modeling, you know, for your child, you know, what works for you, you know, is that appropriate, you know, for your, you know, child to, to you know, to practice. I mean, deep breathing mm-hmm. really is a very small tactic, but it really goes a long ways and it's very effective. Yeah. I think in our house too, like some like structural things, like I have a kid who really wants to know the schedule and feels definitely out of control and anxiety when he doesn't know mm-hmm. what to expect. And especially around the first of the school year, things are changing. You know, there's half days, there's days off, there's back to school night, there's all the like introductory stuff that's mm-hmm. kind of, it's just not into that regular rhythm yet. Mm-hmm. And so we have a family mm-hmm. calendar where we write down and they reference it. And I think that helps them feel part of the chaos. I was just going to say like, chaos. It's chaos, but they can yeah. look and anticipate. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes helps because I think we forget like what it would be like if somebody was, you know, stepping into our life and saying, okay, well, now you got to go here, get your shoes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. that can induce a lot of anxiety of just, I don't know what's going on and I don't know what to expect. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of us, you know, kids like structure and they like routine, um, even though they may um, avoid that or, you know, complain about that. But in the end, they need structure and routine and and setting those limits and boundaries around them, you know, creates a feeling of safety and security. Um, I had a parent mention um, not long ago about uh, if the doors at school are open, you know, a week or so earlier before school actually starts, if oh, taking your child to the school and mm-hmm. maybe doing a walkthrough and actually showing them what mm-hmm. this, you know, reminding them, hey, remember last year, you know, this is what, you know, what it looks like. This is where, you know, the front office is and just kind of doing a little simulation walkthrough um, can really, you know, bring some of those um, angst feelings, you know, down. Yeah. yeah and I think finding out, um, Finding out from your school if, um, obviously, if you have younger kids, unless your high schooler just wants to play on the playground, that's cool too. But um, (laughs) for elementary kids, finding out if the playground is open to play on, Mm -hmm. taking Mm -hmm. your kids over and just having that like positive experience, I think especially for like incoming kindergartners, that can be really helpful. Yeah. Um, But, you know, so then that way when it's recessed, they're like, oh my gosh, I love to do this one particular thing on there and it's familiar. One piece is 
familiar yep. or um, just bringing back some positive <laughs> memories for yeah, yeah, kids that have familiar, already been in school. Yeah. Familiar territory is comforting for sure. That brings a, a sense of security. Yeah. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Kim, talk to us a little bit about the internet and social media. So how can we help our kids manage this when it comes to mental health? Big, big question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the internet, obviously, yes. a huge question. I mean, internet obviously mm-hmm. is our lifeline, right? I mean, we can't even live without the internet now. So we can't, you know, we don't, we expect, you know, the kids are the same way. I mean, we, we're, mm-hmm. we're on the internet, we're glued to our phones at all times, and kids are going to yes. pick up on that and do the same thing, right? I mean, that's just the world we live in. That's our lifestyle. So, you know, with the internet, being so much at our fingertips and providing us with really viable information and support, you most of us gather most of our research and, and news from the media. With that said, the opposite yeah. can happen with that too, right? I mean, our our the internet could also, you know, with the really really good comes the really bad too. So with that being said, the internet can really contribute to, you know, mm-hmm. kids feeling pretty cruddy and, and miserable about themselves. I mean, social media platforms are, you know, extremely um, uh, s- stimulating um, and, you know, really can provide good support for, you know, our kids, um, but also on the opposite end of that, um, be attacking um, and negative and bring in uh, the negativity for, with bullying and, you know, those kind of negative situations with their kids. So parents just have to really, you know, mm-hmm. this is not new information, but parents really have to monitor, mm-hmm. you know, how much internet usage, you know, they're young, yeah. if it's, especially if it's younger kids, um, how much they're using. I mean, set some limits and boundaries um, and draw in the line with the internet use. So we have to do that with ourselves. Um, you know, so we have to do the same with our kids. Sure. It's, it's not thing, any different. You were talking kind of made me think of too is, also, like as as our kids are back to school and um, hanging out with friends, or for younger kids, playdates, just being aware of um, what is allowed in their homes. If our kids are going over there, um, like mm-hmm. I know, you know, my daughter's only seven; she's almost eight, and you know, she does have a couple friends that have full mm-hmm. internet access on phones, which is not how not how we choose to. Oh operate. wow! I mean, obviously, there is no phone here, but. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, that's an issue. So that mm-hmm. would be a, you know, semi-awkward conversation I would definitely be having to have if she were to go over there to play or whatever. Um, but just something to keep in mind is I think a lot of times with internet, social media, phones, tablets, et cetera, it's not just in our homes, but it's also where our kids are going to be going. Um, and we can control everything, unfortunately, Right. <laughs> but just being mindful. Right. Right. And Absolutely. And these are, you know, what I, what you think is really obvious, you know, conversations to have, you know, sometimes the obvious is, you know, it's right underneath our nose and we don't always know it. I mean, just yeah, those basic conversations, you know, and even reaching out to Mm -hmm. your kids, friends as parents and letting them know, Hey, you know, if you don't mind, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got some limitations with, you know, what, you know, my daughter, you know, should have access to, and hopefully that you, those parents would respect, you know, those limitations. Um, you know, if your child is going over to, you know, to to hang out, see that being tougher though with older kids. Like I can't even. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll be, we'll, we'll be there soon. Yeah. That's a whole, with 
Yep. With teenagers, that's a whole nother um, uh, bucket to deal with. Um, I mean, that is internet is their life and, and you have to really discuss and, and figure out as a family, how you're going to deal with, you know, social media and your, your teenagers yeah. phones and that access. That's For huge. Sure. Yeah. That, one one yeah. other thought with, with social media, um, and just technology usage, and you were talking earlier about modeling, um, just coping behaviors. I think something that is so important for our kids to <laughs> learn is just social media literacy and noticing how different things make them feel. Like, I feel like it hasn't really been until the past few years where I'm like, okay, if I'm on Instagram and this particular account is always making me feel bad, I need to click on follow. And like, I'm in my thirties. So I think mm-hmm. again, not just assuming mm-hmm. that it's like a skill that our kids are going to have, but just to help them connect, like, hey, I notice whenever you get off this game, this is how you seem to be. Or how do you feel when you're looking at this yeah. or that? And just kind of helping them connect the dots. So, Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I like the idea, too, of, you know, being able, I don't know if the child, yeah. your child would be okay with this, but, you know, getting the parents and the child that, you know, their child to yes. actually yeah. be on the internet together. I mean, sharing, sharing that information yes. together. So it's not so secretive, you know, um, and not so covert, but, you know, ask, having your child show them, like, what yes. are you learning on the internet? What are you working on? You know, what are you, can, can you show me, you know, teach me, you know, that particular you know, you know, social media platform or whatever it is. Like, I don't know all the platforms either. So, you know, you know, know, we're learning from our own kids, right? I mean, how to, how to use these. So having them teach us just so you're in the know of what they're, you know, what they're that's looking really, up and what really, they like. On I mean, the I'm internet. a fifth grader, almost sixth. And that is something new in our world of he does things at school and he'll say, guess what I did on, you know, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so, <laughs> Teach us <laughs> exactly, yeah. But but flipping that and and yeah, right. flipping that into a teaching moment yes. and having your child teach you that, you know, really in a yeah. sense, you're kind of you know you're digging a little bit more for information, right? But you really are reframing it to uh, your your child's teaching you this, and that's pretty cool because you know w- moms have no yeah. we have no clue how to yeah, do some actually, of this stuff. I mean, it's so cool. I've learned some really cool things. But oh yeah, it's a new world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. <laughs> So Kim, we've been talking so far we've been talking about really just monitoring and being aware of our kids' mental health. How does our own mental health as moms play in and why is it important? Mm-hmm. It's crucial. I mean, we have to be our role models for our own children. Um, and and it, and even our, you know, probably our children's, you know, our, our neighbor's children's, you know, is we are the role models, right? I mean, we have to be able to understand our own physical mental health um, limitations and really know what our, um, you know, our limits are, you know, with dealing with our own stress and, and um, you know, inabilities. So, you know, being open to your child that, you know, mom and dad does struggle with this. And this is what what works for us. This is what we're doing to take care of our, you know, mental health. Um, You know, if you're asking your child to do, you know, this is obvious, but some, again, you have to, you know, say this out loud sometimes is, you know, you're asking your child to work on their anxieties or, you know, share their depression, depressive symptoms, you know, but, but then again, you know, mom and dad's not doing anything about their own 
um, mental health distress. So just modeling that, you know, and taking care of, you know, ourselves, if you're, you know, having a lot of mental health struggles, how are you available for your child? How are you in tune for your child and really being, um, you know, engaged and plugged in uh, to their world um, when you're struggling yourself? I think that would be, um, that would be pretty tough. A lot of parents, you know, a lot of us, a lot of adults are not familiar with the resources, you know, that their work um, offers. Most all companies have, you know, um, the employee assistance program, the EAP program. Um, Most companies offer that um, and uh, most employees, you know, don't take advantage of those services um, or certainly even just reaching out to, you know, their private insurance um, to be able to, you know, seek out mental health treatment. Just, I know there's a lot of online, um, you know, options, like mm-hmm. one that comes to mind is like BetterHelp. I feel like I hear about that a lot. I don't know anything about it personally, but just different options that people could do over Zoom um, that makes them more um, accessible, I think. And then I know cost is an issue for a lot of people, which is just really an ongoing frustration of mine that that keeps people from getting, you know, therapy or whatever help that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, the EAP, like I mentioned, through a lot of employers is free. It's, you know, it doesn't tap into their in- private insurance. There's no copay for every event, every episode, the employee uh, and family member will get usually anywhere from four to six sessions. So if you have a situation at home that you're kind of struggling with with your child or maybe a topic or conversation, an EAP is a valuable resource yes. that, again, is underutilized. Just getting educated, you know, with mental health, because that really, you know, is just a hot topic these days, which is great because it used to be just a topic mm-hmm. that was never, ever oh, yeah. mentioned, you know, 20 years ago, just yeah. dealt with I, it silent, silently. I therapy, I always tell my daughter um, and my son too, of course, but she's the older one. I'm always like, oh, yep, going to see, you know, so-and-so and mm-hmm. this is why I go and this is why it's important mm-hmm. and it's just part of my life, you know, so it's just like, mm-hmm. my hope is that she'll, you know, it'll just be common to her. Um, and I'm hoping just for our generation of parents in general, mm-hmm. I just, I really, really, really hope that we can all be so much more open um, than our parents were maybe able to be, um, you know, and hopefully every generation gets mm-hmm. more and more. This is just commonplace conversation. It's just absolutely so interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, I, I would agree. The stick, the, yeah, the stigma, I, I believe, is really um, yeah. uh, decreasing. I mean, it's getting better with mental health, certainly with the media. Um, uh, and promoting, you know, good, healthy mental health, you know, is just important. I mean, the brain is, is a bodily, um, you know, it functions, it's a bodily organ. It, you know, have, it, it does get ill. So yeah, taking care of us as ourselves is extremely important to be able to be available for our kids. My oldest has gone to therapy a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it doesn't mean you're signing on to, you know, monthly sessions for the Mm -hmm. rest of his life. Mm -hmm. You know, we've gone just a few Mm -hmm. times and we go in for check-ins and sometimes there's just once, I mean, I don't think we'd gone for a year and then we went, you know, just for a little check-in and it was just a one-time thing of this is a, you know, situation or Mm -hmm. a behavior that we're 
struggling with as parents how to help him through. Mm-hmm. Um, and what came out of that was a tool, yeah. which is, I mean, we have it like on our fridge yeah. that we say, and a whole family is trying to practice it, which is good for all of us, mm-hmm. of I am feeling angry because of this and I need. Mm-hmm. And it's just the garbage. I need mm-hmm. um, has been really helpful. I think for that's all excellent. Of us, but it also is like a prescribed way for me to model. Like I'm yeah. feeling overloaded because three people are talking to me at once <laughs> and I need to go to my room and mm-hmm. just take a five minute break. Yes. But that gives him the language. Yeah. And I, but that's, it was just one therapy session. I mean, we already had an established relationship, but it wasn't like we were spending thousands and thousands of dollars. We just wow. at one time got a great tool mm-hmm. that has carried us through till the next time we need to go. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. That's such clear communication and using those I statements is so important. So it doesn't yeah, shift the blame. I, I love that. And it was common sense, but to get the professional help to just apply it to the situation we were seeing over mm-hmm. and over. And that's all we needed, you know? So it doesn't mean you're investing in years of yeah. I've, therapy necessarily. Yes. Absolutely. In fact, you don't, you don't want to spend the rest of your life in therapy. You don't want to spend years in therapy because to me, if, you know, if you are, you know, therapy should work. I mean, yeah. should, that's the idea, right? So you should be able to go in and get the help that you need and then put, you know, those tools back in place in your everyday life. Um, absolutely. I'm seeing a lot of pediatrician offices actually having a mental health clinician built into um, the physician's offices. So it's actually kind of a one-stop shop. So instead of having to go to a whole nother building, a whole nother, you know, Mm -hmm. um, agency to get mental health, um, uh, physicians, uh, yeah, uh, pediatricians and primary care physicians will have, um, you know, a counselor or licensed clinical social worker built into their um, services. So as that kind of wrapping up, um, is that last kind of action step for a mom who's listening and thinks, you know, maybe this is the point where I need to reach out to somebody, where would you suggest they start? Would it be their pediatrician? I would definitely start with their pediatrician. Absolutely. They, they already have, you know, an established relationship with that person. Um, and, you know, having those open conversations with your pediatrician, there's trust there and they can definitely provide, you know, additional resources. Um, most, you know, everybody, if you have um, private insurance on the back of your insurance card has mental health um, a phone number. So even, you know, flipping your insurance card over, maybe you've never even done that before, uh, and calling your private insurance um, to start with, you know, what are the available mental health resources out there? Uh, and then lastly, if, you know, if one or two are not an option, um, then, you know, just reaching out on the internet and doing, you know, looking at, you know, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. There's a Substance Use and Mental Health Service Administration on the internet. There's a National Institute of Mental Health on the internet. And there's also um, NAMI, which is N-A-M-I, the National um, Association of Mental Illness. So those are just basic resources online that you could at least reach out and start with. Really, really great. Ken, thank you so much. Seriously. So, and yeah, I just so appreciate um, yeah. Ken Ludwig being here from Research 
Research Medical Psychiatric Center for her t- your time and your resources. Uh, Research Psychiatric Center treats adolescents and adults and offers behavioral health assessments 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can reach a mental health professional at, and we'll include this in the show notes per usual, at 844-207-4511. And um, we just hope that you found this helpful today. And we wish you the best as you and your kids start another school year. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.